Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today we're joined by Jasmine Womack, founder of the Impact Group. How's it going today, Jasmine? Oh, I'm having an absolutely phenomenal day, Jared. I'm excited to talk with you and all of the listeners. I'm excited to hear that. Uh, So in traditional format, just tell us a little bit, elevator pitch style, what is the Impact Group? Well, what we do at the Impact Group, we're an online coaching and consulting firm, and we work with entrepreneurs, speakers, and corporate professionals to help them bundle their brilliance into a best-selling book, build their brand, and transform their book into an online course or consulting program. And so we've had the opportunity to work with thousands of authors to help them bring their stories into into reality and not just tell their stories, but actually create a solid, sustainable, scalable, and profitable um, information-based business from their stories. Oh, that's exciting stuff. So you could you could even help someone like me, perhaps. Uh, I don't know if I'm a more of a seasoned corporate professional or more of an entrepreneur. So like maybe that could you even help a hybrid person? Hybrid. Most many of our clients are hybrid. They have, you know, um, a, a amazing success in their careers and they also have businesses that they, you know, operate, you know, outside of their um, outside of their careers in their spare time. But we help them to grow their businesses to six figures as well while they are working. So, wow, <laughs> so exciting have, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's just <laughs> dig right in as much as I want to keep asking you questions about that. We'll get to some of those <laughs> over the course of the conversation. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started in this space. Uh, What were you doing before this? I was a middle school language arts teacher for 12 years. I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grades, you know, throughout the years, all different levels, high achievers, gifted inclusion. I was the writing coach at my school. We raised the school scores. I used to create school writing assessments, school-wide writing trainings, cross-curriculum activities, like all of the things. And so I actually, it had been a goal of mine to write a book since college. And um, I didn't actually, you know, like I wrote at it. I would start it, stop it, start it, stop it, because being a language arts teacher, there was just an an inbred level of perfectionism that I had. And so every time I would write, I would sit there and reread the sentence. I would, you know, uh, critique it, say it wasn't good enough, delete it, ball up the paper and start over again. And so I stayed in that cycle, in that perpetual merry-go-round of trying to be perfect on a rough draft. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, um, for years until um, it was about my 10th year teaching. I was actually pregnant with my son and I had been placed on bed rest. And um, I was like, listen, I've got to have something to show for this time. I can't just sit here and watch TV all day. And so I was like, let me just go ahead and finish the book that I've been writing at. But honestly, I had to make a mental shift because I didn't want to stay in that in that merry-go-round of nowhere, you know, trying to make something perfect while I was writing it. And so I made the mental shift of committing to getting the information out, meaning that, you know what, I'm not going to try to edit anything. I'm not going to try to overthink anything. I'm not going to try to critique anything. I'm going to write two chapters a day and I'm going to get it out and I'll get to the perfection in the editing process. Exactly what I used to teach my students to do. And so that's what I did. And then I finished that first book with, when I made that mental shift, I finished that first book within two weeks. We launched it several months later. And I would say that following school year, well, 18 months later, I reached six figures in my business and walked away from education into full-time entrepreneurship. Wow. It's, it's funny how <laughs> how often we, we need kind of a, a taste of our own juice, if you will. Like, <laughs> you know, we give that advice, we teach, but yet sometimes like we don't listen to ourselves. Like I, I, right. I completely resonate with what you're saying. I've got chapter one of the book that I've been writing that I've been sitting on for a little over a decade and chapter two is kind of in motion. <laughs> but yeah. Boy, uh, sometimes you just need to you need to hear our own advice. Um, so uh, take us through you went from bad. I, I, I think you were you were in the process of having a baby on bed rest. Like how soon <laughs> after that did the book launch and you were making six figures? Because I imagine oh. that's a pretty uh, <laughs> it's busy time. Yes, it was a lot. I was um, I was working full time. I was on bed. I got put on bed rest at six months. And so I had three months, three to four months at home because I had to have a C-section because my son was breached. Uh, my husband at the time worked for the railroad. So he was in and out of town. Um, I had a bonus child. I had a toddler and I was in school working on my specialist degree in leadership. So it was a lot going. <laughs> it was a lot going on. And I just knew I, I one of one of the um, catalysts for me was that I was at home on bed rest making 60 percent of my check. And because my my dot, my daughter, she's 11 now, but she at the time of this recording, but she was a toddler at the time. She used to always get a uh, strep throat or something. And so a lot of my sick time that I did have had been used up with taking her to the doctor, then then having to sit out for for with her for days while her strep throat cleared up. So when I, you know, um, had to take off for bed rest, I had to actually take FMLA and I had short term disability. That's how I was able to get paid, you know, 60 percent of my check. And so I was sitting there thinking about these things, you know, and I'm like, man, like at a time when we really need the finances the most, they're, they're, I, I, you know, I, I don't have it. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, do I want this for the rest of my life? Do I, I'm like, I have to create additional options for myself. And then, especially with my husband at the time, um, he doesn't travel like that anymore. But at the time, he was gone for days at a time due to his job. And I the, just the the stress and the pressure of me thinking about me having to do all the things then with three kids, primarily by myself, because he was wor working. I was like, something's got to give because. <laughs> I, 
I just, I want a different, I want a different life. I want a different lifestyle. And I looked at my book or I looked at my business as the ticket to doing that. And so while I was on bed rest, I was coming up upon all of these entrepreneurial things, right? <laughs> it was kind of like, kind of like God was sending them my way. So I found like this meeting of the minds, entrepreneurship, um, entrepreneurship class that was taught every Monday at midnight. Shout out to David Shands um, for, for doing that back then. He, he now has a membership, but that was, you know, great for me as a new entrepreneur back then. And then that's when they also had Periscope. <laughs> and I so I was, I was watching Periscope. I would be up at night because I couldn't sleep. Acid reflux or whatnot. Pregnancy, pregnancy, acid reflux. I couldn't sleep. And then during the day I was at home. So I was watching all of these people on Periscope talking about these digital products and how they were making money from these digital products and all these things. And I was like, hold up. I'm like, I have an entire master's degree. I have, I'm working on a specialist. If these people who are doing this and are successful with this, who don't have half of the education or training that I have are able to figure this thing out, I know I can. So I knew from, from the very beginning that I was going to write my book, but also do something in the online space. And it wasn't just because of that. It was also because I could actually do it from home without having to go anywhere else. I could create something of my own from home and use it to help people all around the world. And I saw the possibilities. I didn't have it. I didn't know where to start, but I saw the possibilities and it was just like an inward push. It was just like, okay, you can do this. And so I just, I just went after it. And so, yeah, I, I finished my book, um, that I finished my, my son was born in January. I finished my, I actually finished my book. Um, I think right before he was born, I finished up with my specialist degree that May and that, you know, opened me up for more time. So I actually had my official book release that October, I think it was 2016. And then, um, I was, you know, I had friends and family who bought my book or whatnot, but about a few months, a few months after that, you know, the sales started, started dwindling, you know? So I'm like, Hey, I got to keep this going. How can I continue to, to keep the train moving? So I knew that I had to keep momentum going because I didn't want to be like a lot of independent authors that I'd seen where they write a book, they do nothing with it. And then they try to go write another one. I'm like, I want to turn this one into something. And so I took the content from that book and created a 21 day challenge based off of the content. And because I had done a few challenges, I just opened up a Facebook group. Yeah, I knew nothing about email marketing. I was doing like everything. It was crazy. So... But I boosted a post on Facebook, 400 people signed up, about 250 to 300 of those joined the Facebook group. And I ran the challenge and we had so many testimonials. I didn't know at the time that I was supposed to upsell something on the back end of it. So I had all these people though. I had built community. I had all these people who knew about me, who knew about my book. And I started getting speaking engagements because of the activity and the things that I was consistently talking about. And so March rolled around and several of the ladies who had participated that January said, listen, we need a reset. It's about to be quarter two. Can you run the challenge again? But by this time I had taken a class and I said, okay, well, I can't do it for free, but I will do it for 10. I'm like, I'll do it for $10. That's just, I, I was like, I was like, who's going to pay me to do something over again that I've already done for free? Who's going to pay me the second time around? Well, I put, I charged $10 for it. That's as much as I could muster up to charge. 
at that time. And 30 women, um, 30 ladies actually enrolled. And I was like, hold up now. So you mean to tell me people, I pay me make $300 from home from something I had already created. And that was the light bulb. Like I had my book. I was selling it still online. I was getting the speaking engagements. And then I turned that that book, I created um, a challenge from it or a workshop, a virtual workshop. People came and paid for the workshop and we ran the challenge. And from there, based on the same principles in my book, I created a monthly membership program and that's how it all started. So I had created a product suite without even realizing that I had a product suite. I had my book. I had, I was speaking. I had a, a online virtual event and I had my monthly membership, which was bringing in monthly recurring revenue. And I didn't have to leave home. And so I was just, that's, that's how I got started. And then people started asking me to help them with their books. And I turned them away because I was like, no, I only want to do my books. <laughs> and so I actually had a coach at the time. And when he started um, referring people to me, I was like, okay, well, uh, Coach Kendall has referred these people to me. I can't turn them down. So then I started taking on clients doing done for you work, which gave me a premium offer in my offer suite. And that's how with all of those combined, my books, my speaking, um, the done for you and my monthly membership. That's how I ended up getting uh, at the end of uh, the a year and a half by 2018. We made I had our first six figure year and I left the classroom and started running my business from home. Amazing. And Jasmine, so many, so, so many cool details there. I actually, I want to even rewind <laughs> back to where you started because the entire time I'm listening to you, the, the thought that's resonating through my mind is that for most of us, when you're, you're laying on bed rest, you're, you're financially stressed. You know, you have the toddler running around, you have the job <laughs> waiting for you to come back to. For most of us, that is a sign of defeat. That's, that's the moment to where you're like, I give up. I throw in the towel. I have to get rid of something. And yet for you, you took this as an opportunity to actually step up. And I'm pretty convinced uh, after hitting, you know, 80, almost 100 plus episodes here, I'm pretty convinced that there are like two key moments when starting this journey. And the first one un invariably is just to start doing something. Mm -hmm. A lot of us do nothing but listen and consume. They'll listen to shows just like the one this one here yeah. and not actually take any action. So that first step is starting. But that second step, uh, which you undoubtedly did, was commit. You made that decision to you know, come hell or come high water. I'm going to get this book done. Yes. Um, so uh, next thing that I was really interested in is I... Uh, we, we maybe brushed over this a little bit, but like finding that first customer, even once you have a book, a book doesn't necessarily translate into readers. Absolutely. So, <laughs> can you take us through <laughs> how you actually began to build that audience and get some readership uh, around your book? Well, one thing about me is that I had I had already been sharing. And so I was not new to entrepreneurship in a sense, because I've I've I I come from a family that who who like own different um, um, franchises. So I'd seen it growing up. However, um, with the exception of my grandparents, one who owned 
um, a shoe store, a shoe repair store, the only African-American owned shoe repair store in our town and the others who own a chain of subways. I had other members of my family who who tried their hand at entrepreneurship, but it was always with the side hustle type mentality. Right. And so that's what I had. Um, that's, that's what I knew. And so, you know, as I, as I became older and I'm, I'm hoping I'm staying on topic because, (laughs) but as I became older and of age, I was like, you know, I knew that I wanted to and needed to be successful with what it is I was doing. Right. So because I had, um, different businesses beforehand, like in college, I would crochet items and sell them. I would, you know, like, I, I didn't have a successful business, but I used to, I was always promoting something or doing something, right? Trying to find my niche um, or trying to find my thing over the years or whatnot. And so even though as I went into my later 20s, early 30s, when I actually released my book, I did not have an active business at that time, but I still used to share. I used to share what I was doing. I would bring people into my life and hey, I used to run a lot. So I was always sharing my run. I was sharing my marathons. I was sharing different things I was experiencing as a school teacher. And so people, and this was primarily on Facebook, Instagram was still somewhat new at that time. I think it had been uh, been around maybe about three years. And so I was somewhat unfamiliar with it. So Facebook was my platform of choice at that time. And so I just used to share. And because of the format of Facebook with the captions and the, and the pictures, it made it very easy. And so um, a lot of people used to tune in and used to, you know, comment on things that I was doing anyway. And so when I came out with the book, that was just, oh, now all these people who've been watching you, now they have something to buy, <laughs> you know? And so I would say, and I and I still tell my clients this, take people along the journey, you know? Show them what you're doing, show them behind the scenes. That doesn't mean that you have to share the intricacies or, or all of your personal business, but people tend to follow and listen to people that are in movement, people that are in action, people who are doing something. You know, this is why reality shows are so popular because people watch people who are doing things, right? And so it's just about being visible and getting used to sharing, sharing things about what you're doing, sharing things about where you've been, you know, and 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 letting people in in that way. So I didn't have a huge audience, but what I did have, I was able to leverage it. So, one, so just from sharing my day-to-day and sharing my runs and sharing my achievements and sharing what I was struggling with at times and just being transparent in that way. And so when I came out with my book, the audience was fertile, you know, and one of the things that I did to begin to um, increase my sales was that as people purchase my book, I would just tag them. Hey, thank you so much for your support. <laughs> you know, thank you for pre-ordering a copy of my book. Thank you so much for your support. It will be in the mail to you soon, you know? And so as people purchase, I began to tag them because, and that was a strategy that I got from a friend of mine by watching their book launch. So it was the other thing I was studying. I was watching book launches and I was getting strategies and tips from people who had larger audiences and I was incorporating those. So for sometimes we feel like if we have a smaller business or brand, we can't use some of the same tactics and strategies that larger brands have. And you absolutely can. I just use them with my audience and it, and it, and it worked. And so what happened
happens, I, I like to say that pe- I don't want this to sound negative, but people tend to be bandwagoners, meaning that when they see some somebody doing something, they'll go do it. So, okay, if nobody's buying your book, nobody's going to, you know, <laughs> people might not buy it, right? It's just like if you're going past a restaurant and you you see it, it, you might be interested, but what you if, if it's nobody in the parking lot, nobody's in the parking lot. I'm, I'm not going over there, but if you see a restaurant where the parking lot is full and it smells good outside, it's like, okay, it's packed over there. Let's go check them out. So it's kind of like the same type of thing, right? People tend to do things that they see other people doing. And so if you showcase and highlight the people that are supporting you, then other people will come and buy the book too. <laughs> so that, that was just like an organic, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was doing it type of grassroots move, but it worked. <laughs> I love that. that that's brilliant. Uh, uh, nobody goes to the restaurant with the empty parking lot. I like that. Uh, and just to put it in perspective too for our listeners, I don't think we've even talked about yet the the content of your book. Like I imagine uh, we had something like at least semi-applicable to your audience. Yes. Well, my first book was a personal growth and development book. And so it was my first book. It didn't rank on any bestsellers list, but it helped set the stage for me to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it was called 20 Pearls of Wisdom, A Woman's Guide to Self-Preservation. And it was a book for um, young professional women, you know, for and and it provided advice for them in regards to their relationships, health and how they should live and and how they should create healthy habits in order to have a productive life. And so um, it came on the heels of me getting into a marriage. It lasted 10 months and me getting divorced. And so I was like, what are the lessons that I learned in my 20s that other young women in their 20s need to know in order to avoid foolishness, right? (laughs) Because it was self-inflicted. It was just for me making not making unwise decisions. You know, like how when you know better, but you don't do better. <laughs> just like, <laughs> you, know, just like you know better, but at some point you got to do better. Right. And so that's really what the book was about. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it positioned me to go speak at a lot of different women's conferences, women's events. And, um, without that book, I, I would not have had content. I would not have had speaking invitations. I wouldn't have had content to do my, to do my, my challenge or even the membership or anything like that. And so I've written books since then, but that was my first book. Okay. Well, Jasmine, take us through some of the hurdles you encountered, the the challenges that you faced uh, getting this actually out the door. Uh, and really, I guess, uh, you know, not the book out the door, but the business out the door to where you were actually turning this into an income producing true business trying to figure out how to truly monetize, you know, like especially in the online space and you're in the groups and you're seeing people make money and you're hearing all the stories and it's like, okay, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And so for a while I had gotten caught up in the trap of like the, the eBooks and like the, the digital courses where people were just kind of repackaging and repurposing things. And so I knew that I I was looking for a full solution, but I couldn't find it. So So that was definitely a challenge. And so I ended up having to test a lot of things, try a lot of things. And I wouldn't take that back because it gave me grit. And I was able to test my own commitment because I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. Um, Because things I was looking for, they just weren't being provided, or at least I didn't know who to go to, who could provide, you know, certain types of guidance. I think another, some other hurdles that I definitely had to overcome during that time was 
my level of confidence, but more so getting past other people's um, lack of confidence, if that makes sense. You know, Um, getting past other people's um, opinions. So whether it was people from work who followed me on Facebook and they would put up, you know, side eye posts. Oh, it's funny. People act a certain way at work, but then they act a certain way online and this, that, you know, like just, you know, cattiness, letting things having to turn a blind eye to things, you know, you're looking for support from people closest to you. Nobody really understands what you're doing because online business is still an anomaly. (laughs) So, you know, they don't understand. And you're asking like, can you share this? Can you share that? I just need to need to get it in front of people because I wasn't running ads and it's not, they don't understand the importance of it. So they weren't sharing it. So it's just like, you know, getting past all of that. And, and I would say having vision, being able to see the possibilities and, and what's possible for you in your life and stay focused on that regard, regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of, you know, what's going on in your family, regardless of a spat that you might have with your spouse, regardless of your own frustrations, especially as you are building while you are working and you're dealing with things from people at work. And then you have to set, try, try to find time to set aside to work on your business, you know, and, and just staying focused on the vision and staying focused on what's possible and allowing that goal to drive you, allowing that, allowing your why to drive you, you know, as opposed to just doing it because you've seen somebody else doing it. You hit on a, a really, really a great point that I imagine many of our listeners, uh, if they're anything like me, have had to have struggled with. And that's that, you know, potentially whether it's reality or not, probably depends on the situation, but just that, that, uh, negativity, that, mm-hmm. that voice uh, out there that's going to be the detractor for whatever yeah. it is that you're trying to do. And I'm wondering, like, any strategies that you used to either just help boost yourself to, to, push through and take the leap and still do this or any strategies that you use to, I guess, be more effective at preventing that in the first place? Well, I'm not sure you can actually prevent it, you know, because I think it it just naturally exists. Like people tend to question things until they see it become a success. And then after they see it working, then they tend to support at least people, you know, that are in in your circle, whatnot, um, from my experience. And so some of the things that I did was that I I knew that I had to be connected to people who were doing things that I wanted to do because nobody else was doing anything remotely near what I wanted to do. And so I actually ended up um, joining a membership community that was at the time for authors, speakers and coaches because everyone in there was either writing books, they were speaking and or trying to coach. And so even having a community where with other like minds where you you could go get motivation where you could connect with and meet people. You know, we used to do calls every single week, motivational calls. And, and that really helped me during that time of my life. Like after a while, my business started picking up. I didn't have time to be on the phone on all those calls, but in the beginning, it really, really helped, you know, because it helped provide that thing that I was missing and, and that I needed. Another thing that I used to do, especially being a school teacher was that when I used to get to school early and I would have to go to the copy room, make copies, sit up my classroom, disinfect my classroom for the day, I would have in earphones and I would constantly listen to motivational audio. It was a, a, a series of people that I would listen to on you, 
YouTube um, every single day, just different audio trainings, because I knew that I had to pour into myself. And I also knew that I had to renew my mind. And I had to begin shifting from an employee to an entrepreneur mindset, because I knew that there were things as an, as an entrepreneur that I needed and that I needed to develop that I didn't have after just working for 12 years. I had to start thinking in a different type of way. Like I couldn't sit there and, and wait for my business to grow. You know, I had to go and get it. And so there were certain things in my mindset that I had to begin to change in that. And I needed to just stay positive all the time, all the time. And so I kept, um, I, I kept positive audio in my ear consistently. I like to say that I turned my book into like a university. I, mean, I turned my car into a university. So I stopped listening to the radio. I stopped listening to the morning shows. And instead I would listen to podcasts during my commute. I would listen to digital courses and I would listen to things that would either feed me mentally and spiritually, or I would listen to things that would educate me. And so that helped to fact, because when I got home, it was family time. I, I was a mom and a wife. I didn't have time to just sit at the computer watching things. I had to listen to things on the go. And then during my work time, actually go and implement them. And that's what I did. I love uh, how you describe that. It almost reminds me uh, of like, you think of armoring up in a way, but you know, there's, there's also at least how I process this, maybe like, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to have that hard shell, but what, what you did is you just used positivity almost like instead of that, like hardening yourself, mm-hmm. you reinforced and strengthened your ability to continue pushing forward by adding more good. Right. It was Jim Ron. It was Jim Ron. Jim Ron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Ron. Yeah. Yeah. L- love him. I've probably dropped a few of his quotes on the show a few times. <laughs> um, and my husband, I think my husband had turned me on to him. My husband turned me on to him. Um, Inky, Inky Johnson. I love listening to him talk. My husband turned me on to him as well. And um, the community I was in was um, the the coach used to coach with Eric Thomas. So that's how I got introduced to Eric Thomas and too. Very cool. Well, uh, tell us a little bit more. Maybe you can take us on the journey of how you uh, how you got this up and running on Kajabi. You'd launched the book. You did the repeat. Um, like, when did you realize this was a course? And did you just come straight to Kajabi? Or how did you even end up here? No, I had all of the things and I was spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars every month in payment fees. So, I mean, I had so many different, I had the different email messaging, email marketing systems, um, landing page systems, course platforms that I use. I mean, it was, it, it was a lot. And then I had to use Zapier to connect all of them. I mean, it was, (laughs) and so what happened is that as my business began growing, I knew that I wanted to begin to grow and scale with ads. And I knew that I needed something, um, that was seamless and I, and I needed, um, something that was more, it was simpler, you know, instead of trying to learn this platform and learn that platform. Now let's try to figure out how we can connect them all together. And on the back end, I just saw a tech, <laughs> a tech mishap like waiting to happen. So it was um, a friend of mine shouts out to Kansas Simmons uh, because I needed to redo my website. At the time, my website was like on WordPress or Wix. It started off on WordPress, then it went to Wix, but I knew I needed to redo my website, but I just didn't, I had all these platforms. And so my friend, Kansas, 
instances, he was like, listen, you should try Kajabi. It's an all-in-one. It's got this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh, that's what I need. So he was like, use this code. And so I used the code. I went ahead and set up my account. At first, I felt like it was too difficult to figure out. So I was like, bump it. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing what I was doing. So I was still paying for Kajabi, but I was using all of these other systems. And it was, I probably did that for about a year until I was like, listen, Jazz, you're literally wasting money because everything that you're doing, you've got, you know, this funnel platform, you've got this, you've got that. Everything that you're doing, Kajabi does it all. I literally, I took all my stuff off of ClickFunnels and put it in Kajabi into the funnels, into the pipelines. It were called pipelines back then. Um, I moved all my automated webinars and put them into Kajabi. <laughs> I took all my emails from ConvertKit and whatever else I was using and import them into Kajabi. And I set every, I, I just figured it out. That in the chats, <laughs> shouts out to the chat crew, because let me tell you, I could not figure out anything on Kajabi. And it, well, and I, I, it was trial and error. I was just playing around. And the more you play around with it, I was like, okay, I started getting it. But things that I could not figure out, the chat, the, the crew on, behind on the chat, they would walk me through it. They would send me the resources. Sometimes they would remotely come into my account and help a sister out. Listen, shouts out. I got everything up and running. <laughs> Listen, I got everything up and running. But that process also helped me to learn the platform. And so for anyone coming in that might be new, it there, there might be a slight learning curve in the beginning. But I promise you, if you stick with it, it now I can set up a whole entire funnel in like 10 minutes and we're going. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> not a paid promotion. You, you, you just got there. <laughs> um, well, Jasmine, tell, tell us, uh, I guess, a little bit about like what's changed in your life as a result of taking this journey. Uh, I mean, it's so hard not to see it. You're you're on bed rest to now, you know, running your your highly successful business. Uh, tell, tell, tell us, tell us where you're at today. Um, so now the impact group is a seven figure company and we've worked with thousands of authors all across the globe. We have an annual event now called Published and Paid Live. Um, I'm shameless plug. You can check it out at publishedandpaidlive.com. Um, and we, you know, just thrive and, and pride ourselves on, on helping experts, you know, package their expertise into best selling books and then transforming those into info based products. That's that's what's changed my life. My last week, my son school called. Allergies are kicking in down here in the south. You know, he couldn't his his eyes and allergies were watering up. It was the middle of the day. I didn't have to ask anybody. I could just go pick him up. You know, my whole family was down with COVID a couple of weeks ago. I didn't have to call in. My team was able to keep things running. You know, I was sick. My son was sick. You know, my daughter had to say she she was tested negative, but we were just able to recoup. Years ago, that was not possible. It, it just wasn't possible. It wasn't possible without my check being <laughs> cut or it wasn't possible for me to stay home without being called even while I was off for different things, even though I had left plans. It just wasn't possible. And so I will never tell anybody that they need to just totally quit their jobs. I will never be the one to say, you need to quit your job and go into full-time entrepreneurship. Most of my clients have built their businesses while they stay on their career because they enjoy what they do. I do believe that everyone should have options, you know? And so for people who want to create their businesses and go full-time, we've helped people to do 
that. And for people that want to build multiple six-figure businesses, retire a spouse and still keep their jobs because like they, they're tenured professors or whatnot, you can do that. And so for me, it's about having options. And one thing that I've created for my own life, which I'm teaching my children how to create for theirs is options. I love that. I love that. Well, let's do a few more of those shameless plugs. <laughs> Tell us, uh, as I can imagine, I, I, I can't wait to dive in and learn even more, even though I've gotten to ask you so many of these direct questions. But for anyone listening who wants to just find out more about who you are and your offerings, where's the best places to send them? Definitely. You can go to our website, www.jasminewomack. That's J-A-S-M-I-N-E-W-O-M-A-C-K dot com and you can also connect with me on Instagram and LinkedIn and YouTube at the Jasmine Womack. I love that. I, I'm definitely going to have to do that. Uh, and I also I and we can edit this out if it's not yet official, but like I feel like there might be a podcast in the works or. Oh, yes. Yes. Can I'll we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this has actually been, listen, my husband told me years ago, you need to start a podcast. And I was like, how do I do that? What do I do? What am I going to talk about all the things? And so now I'm finally starting. I'm kicking myself for not doing it years ago when he suggested it to me. But yes, we're launching the podcast. It's called Published and Paid. And one thing I love about Published and Paid is that, yes, we're going to be talking about books and and writing and self-publishing, launching, selling, and how to monetize your books. But we're also going to be talking about the things that help to sustain a business life, you know, faith, family, you know, and, and how to um, prioritize yourself and, 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 and the things that matter in the midst of it all. I, I wholeheartedly believe that you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the business success in the world, but if you're not fulfilled on the inside and if you are searching for meaning in life, then it doesn't matter. And so I'm excited to talk about all of these things on the podcast. I cannot <laughs> wait. Um, I'm going to use do my normal plug. Uh, this is where I normally ask our listeners to leave us a review, give us a comment, but instead I'm going to ask them to go to listen to the published and paid podcast. Did I get that right? Published and yes. paid? Yeah. Oh, you pushed me to go ahead and publish that first episode I just recorded today. Oh, oh, you're going to have to get on it. Well, <laughs> there'll be a little bit of delay before we uh, uh, launch this episode. So hopefully by that time, uh, you can just go right into your favorite podcast uh, provider, hit the search for publish and paid, check it out. Uh, uh, listen, leave a review, leave a comment, uh, let Jasmine know uh, how you're enjoying the content of her podcast as well. But with that thank said, you. huge thank you to you, Jasmine, for taking some time out of your day to share your story with all of us. Of course, of course. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, with that said, that is all we have for our listeners this week. We will look forward to seeing you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.